When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Ace Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. Rise and shine, Ace fans. It's time to greet the day with extra base hit. From late nights at the Coliseum. Hits a right field and shallow. A trio of Ace kept going out. Makes an unbelievable circus catch. A leaping, diving play by Tony Kemp. To early mornings with a fresh cup of Joe. Say, have you got time for a coffee before you go? That'd be nice. Splendid. Extra base hit will make your day green and gold. Swung on a fly ball, well hit right center, but playable. Laureano near the track, edge of the track, makes the catch. And the Athletics get a great opening night win. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Hi, patrons. I'm using that term because I'm a golf girl now. Welcome back to Extra Base Hit. Jessica Kleinschmidt here with Ray Ray Jensen behind the scenes taking care of me, getting y'all prepared for another fun homestand and another fun show. We have a lot going on at the Coliseum coming up for two series we'll be hosting, going over all the fun stuff that'll take place there. We'll have an amazing interview with our new broadcaster, Johnny Dosco. That's going to be fun. I think it's time that y'all got to know the depths of Johnny D. I just think it's important. Really interesting road couple of series that the A's were on, but I do have a positive takeaway. I liked the performance of one of the guys, and I can't wait to go over that with y'all. Important MLB news that we also have coming up is going to be some extension news. And not I'm not talking about contractual extensions. I'm talking about extensions with beer sales. That's what we care about. We're going to go over that. I'm going to... Ask Ray Jensen an important question if he has a new quarterback with his beloved Jets. Some more Masters talk and everything else in between. We have a four-game homestand against the Mets that begins on Friday, and we'll take it at all the way into Sunday. The Cubs will come from their friendly confines to our friendly confines for a three-game stint. Can't wait to tell you guys all about it. If you missed this segment of the show, that's okay. You can listen to this episode and more over at athletics.com slash A's cast. You can follow us on Twitter at athleticscast24. So with this homestand, I said, I did not tease you to not tee it up for y'all. A lot going on. Happy hour, one of my favorite hours. On Friday, April 14th. I can't believe we're in April. I had to do a double take. Start your weekend off right with Treehouse Happy Hour. Come out to the ballpark at 4.30 p.m. before each Friday night home game for drink specials, games, live music, amazing views, and even catch a home run or two during A's batting practice. It gets even better, guys. Grab $10 tickets by using the coupon code HAPPY at checkout. Head to athletics.com for this great ticket deal, and fans can enter the Treehouse through LL Gate before all ballpark gates open. I love me a good treehouse happy hour. It's chaos, but fun chaos. Never know who you're going to meet. The following day, Jackie Robinson hat giveaway will take place on April 15th. Honor the legacy of number 42 at Jackie Robinson Day on Saturday, April 15th. Every ticket sold through the special event is 15% off. And partial proceeds will benefit the Jackie Robinson Foundation Scholarship and Leadership Development Programs. 
Ray Ray, let me take you a little bit. This is the time time machine. Not that long ago because I'm still so young. But one of the first baseball projects I ever worked on was on Jackie Robinson. My mom helped me out with it. And to the point where, let's be honest, she kind of did the actual assignment for me, mainly because of her own baseball background. But she wanted to show me that everyone is allowed to be given the same opportunity and the same chances as others. I finished this article, this book report. I was too young for an article. We're doing book reports. But I finished it thinking, okay, I'm going to be the first female MLB player. That did not happen. And it's not because I'm not qualified. I'm just not going to hit 100 mile an hour fastballs. And you see how these secondary pitches are going. No, thank you. Do you get kind of giddy with some of these moments because when it comes to Jackie Robinson I just start crying the national anthem happens everybody's wearing number 42 I just love it yeah it's a real sense of pageantry and and for a proper reason I mean Jackie Robinson is one of the, the greatest icons of our sport and it's you know now is the chance that we can fully appreciate him and other players of color that didn't really get the adoration that they deserved when they were in their primes and, and playing in the bigs. So I think we can kind of right those wrongs of the past with these ceremonies, and it's it's really wonderful to see the impact that he has across everyone in the game of baseball, no matter how old or young or or, or whatever level you're playing at. Everyone knows Jackie Robinson, and it's wonderful we get to to really celebrate him. I agree. And it's it's a really cool moment for to look out on the field and see them all wearing number 42 because we can't tell them apart, which is kind of the point, right? We're all equal in certain ways. And, you know, I think of Tony Kemp. He taught me a lot about racial injustice and so did Marcus Simeon. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't know all the stuff that they had to go through. They're the re Jackie Robinson is the reason we get to watch the Tony Kemp's of the world and the Marcus Simeons of the world and the Byron Buxton's of the world. So if you're ever looking out there and you see representation, it's because of Jackie and it's such a beautiful thing. And we're going to have a lot more history during that week on Sunday, April 16th, we'll have the 1973 world series reunion. Ray Ray, you were just a little baby back then. So on Sunday, April 16th, we'll have the 1973 World Series reunion. Big names from that who will be in attendance include John Odom, Vita Blue, Joe Rudy, and Gene Tennis, Raleigh Fingers, and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson will throw out the first pitch. Hopefully he doesn't bounce it. I actually heard a really cool interview with Reggie. He was on the show with Howard Stern talking about everything he went through in the bigs. They dealt with a very interesting manager who didn't bat him clean up, even though he was batting like 300 plus hit the crap out of the ball. So it's kind of good to see him in returns. And he definitely made himself aware or told fans the A's in Oakland will always have a very special place in his heart. So I think that that's really beautiful. So make sure you guys stop by for that. And we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned on Extra Base Hit. We have my interview with our new broadcaster, Johnny Dosco. Let's cheers to the champions. Join us for the 50th anniversary of the 1973 World Series Championship team with a pregame ceremony on Sunday, April 16th. Celebrate Gene Tennis, Vita Blue, Raleigh Fingers, and many more A's legends. The next pitch, deep to right field. It is going, going. Tickets are available at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. 
This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. They got any edges, coffee? Now back to Extra Base Hit on Ace Cast. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Welcome back to Extra Base Hit. I'm really excited about this interview because we have a new face in our broadcasting family. Not to me. He's been around. Johnny Dosco. He spent decades in the minors. And if you're a minor league prospect nut like a lot of us are you probably heard of him he did play-by-play with the river cats for many years and now he's a member of our team i picked his brain about the transition from the minors to the bigs who these young players that you need to pay attention to because if it's somebody that knows these young guys it's him and is the pcl curse still a pcl curse take a listen you know my absolute favorite part of this job is I get to work with my friends. We have Ray Ray behind the scenes helping me and my next guest, especially Johnny D. Johnny D, my friend, how are you today? Yes, it's great to be with you. I'm fantastic. And you know, I don't even know like the words. And I and I mentioned this to you on the pregame show, like it's been a career moment of mine to work with you. I hear a lot from people saying comes as advertised, you know, we're talking about prospects we're talking about trades transactions when it came to you you exceeded my expectations and I don't really give that many amazing intros so there's that but speaking of of intros you had a very unique introduction to the season you're doing a little bit of everything we of course know your voice as a play-by-play man behind the mic but you know of course you had a very long journey in AAA What's been the biggest surprise with that transition from your time in the minors to your time with the A's? Oh, biggest, biggest surprise. Uh, you know, I just helped. I, I didn't know I, I was, you know, I was up a little bit in 2012 and got to know some people, but I didn't realize how friendly uh, the, the staff was and, and, and the coaching staff and getting to know the players a little bit. I, I, you know, you go in, you know, you've been in the minor leagues a long time. You go up to the big leagues. You're not quite sure how, how it all works up there. You're still getting a feel for it, but I feel like everybody on that team is, is approachable. And I feel like the coaching staff's approachable, the front office approachable. So I, I think that kind of, I wouldn't say shocked me, but surprised me a little bit on how approachable everybody is. It's a friendly group. So that, that part of it, I think has pleasantly surprised me a little bit. It's been good. Yeah. I love the word approachable because that's exactly how I feel too. I think I was like nervous to meet like the David Forsts of the world and they've all been so wonderful. And I'm also glad you mentioned that word because I'm a very observant person. You know, I'll walk through the clubhouse and there you are, you're just walking around and you're very approachable in the opposite direction where you're walking up to the guys, you know, just small talk, doing what you need to do. Where did this approachable demeanor come from you? Because, and I think about a lot of young people that want to get in the industry, they might be intimidated to go talk to the Shay Langleyers of the world. You just do it with such ease. Where does that come from? Thank you. And I, I think part of it is just, I've been doing it so long, just going up to people and, and talking to people. But I do think that it's, uh, I remember the first February 20th this year, Jess, when I went in the clubhouse, I knew one person. I knew Sam Mole. That was the only human yeah. being 
far as players that I knew. So it, it was kind of the most awkward I've ever felt in the clubhouse before that first day. Cause I knew Sam, Sam wasn't even there. So I kind of had that kind of awkward feeling. And it's always, it's funny. I talk to players who are traded or they come over and, and even if they know a couple people, it's that first, that first day, it's like your first day in school and you don't know anybody. And it's, it's, I did have the advantage of knowing like every coach, but one. So that helped a lot. Just yeah. knowing all those coaches helped, but you know, it does, it, it, it is, I think it is difficult sometimes for people to get out of their shell and go, go approach and go up to people and, and be open. But I think part of it for me is just building trust, right? I think that's, that's the thing. Once the, I think once players and coaches and front office, members, once they trust you, then you kind of break through that shell and you can, you can go up to them. But I think I've always kind of had that. I think I got it from my mom where I, I, I can go up to strangers. I'm not, um, that is kind of in my DNA to go up to people and, and approach them and, and talk to them. But it's also a feel thing too. In the clubhouse, you, you have to have feel, you have to know when you can go up. Most of the time I get that right. But you know, look, there are times I think, you know, when you're in the clubhouse, you know, that's their clubhouse. That's the player's clubhouse. It's not our clubhouse. So when you go in, you got to go in, get your stuff, get out. And you have to have that respect for, for the clubhouse itself, the sanctity of the clubhouse. That's, that's the player's clubhouse. It's not the media. It's not even the coaches. It's the players clubhouse that they, they own that clubhouse. So there's a respect factor there, but I've always had the, uh, I think I've had the, I've been fortunate enough to have the ability to be comfortable in, in those, those situations. So I feel very lucky in that regard. Yeah. And you would never know that you were introducing yourself to somebody else at the at the time, just watching you. If I were to watch you approach somebody, I, I would think, oh, they must have been friends for a while. But really, that's just the aura that you bring out. And I love that. And I was very excited. My career moment, honestly, I've had a lot. It was last year, I was walking in the clubhouse and I saw you there and it was happened to be Stephen Vogt's last game as an Oakland A, as, as a major league baseball player. And it was storybook. I get the chills thinking about it. He hit a home run and it was the perfect send off to him. Oakland will always remain a big part of his career, but he just thinks the world of you. Tell me a little bit about you and Stephen Vogt's relationship. I got to know Vody in uh, twenty thirteen. I was with the uh, with the River Cats, and he was he came. He was kind of a he started the year, I believe, in twenty thirteen with the River Cats before he went up to join the big club. So we got to know each other there, and we're, we're very similar in the way we are with people. We like having fun. We like joking around. We like talking baseball. We've we just always had that good connection. There, there are times we talk, uh, we have long conversations and we don't even talk ball. I don't know. Yeah. It's just some, some people you connect with in life. And, and I have that connection with him. That's just, he's my brother. You know what I mean? You, you have that certain connection with people where it just, it fits, it works. And that's the, the situation with uh, with me and Vody. And I, I, we've always had it. We had it from the get-go and we've had some funny conversations through the years. He's great. He's I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Vody I was going to say, he's uh, one of you too. And I could, you're glowing talking about him. And he's definitely one of those guys I've noticed over the years. Baseball is what he does. It's not who he is. And you kind of have to remind yourself, oh, right. He's a professional baseball player. I, I often forget about that. Tony, Kemp is is the guy for me who does that as well. Yeah. And you know, speaking of of Kemp, it's a unique clubhouse. You know, names that people are familiar with, people may not be familiar with some of these names, and that's every season. Like you mentioned, you weren't the only one walking to the clubhouse, only knowing the Sam Moles of the world. But let's talk about some of these players that you've seen over spring training. Are there some of the young guys that you really think these fans should get excited about? Well, I think the first name is Soderstrom. And, you know, look, he, he comes with a confidence. He comes with that swagger. 
I was just talking to Fran Reardon about it, the manager of Las Vegas, just the fact that it seems that every test he's had so far, and obviously it hasn't had, you know, big league time in the regular season uh, yet, but every test he's had, he's just really exciting player. He can rake he, and he has, I feel he has those leadership qualities as well, whether he's a catcher or first baseman, we'll see, but he's a guy I think that you cannot not be excited about if you're an A's fan. I think he's one, one guy that I think is going to, going to really be excited. Another guy I think is Luis Medina, Medina a guy who came over in the trade and he's, he's a guy that sitting around 98 tops out at 102. The question has always been command and he's it's early in the season. I mean, we have what we're six innings in with his triple uh, a season, but he has uh, thrown strikes and I think he's a guy with that. He has got a, a magical arm. And I think he's a guy that will be up there and do well. J.J. Blade is hitting the ball really well down there. And he's a guy I think that can come up and, and do some damage. I mean, God, there's so many guys. Kevin Smith, of course, is up. Jordan yes. Diaz. Jordan Diaz is a guy that, what is he hitting? He's hitting uh, 280, 281 so far with an OPS of 855. And uh, he's a guy, of course, played with Team Columbia. He's another exciting guy. So there are a lot of guys in the system. Then, of course, the, the younger guys we saw, we were excited about at spring training, like uh, Denzel Clark. Mm-hmm. That who's who's going to be there? Max Muncie, Zach yeah. Gelbaum, uh, Lawrence Butler. I mean, th- those are guys, those are all guys that I think you know they're going to work their way through the system. And we got a little taste of that in uh, in in spring training. So I, I look, I think the future is bright for the Oakland A's when you when you think about some of those prospects. Another guy, Cody Thomas, who's a little older, twenty yeah. years old. He's a, just a great athlete. Fran Reardon was raving about him uh, earlier today uh, as well. So yeah, I, I think there are a lot of really good prospects that I think A's fans need to be excited about. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, you know, we're talking about these big numbers. I started my career in the PCL and I had the very tough task of interviewing pitchers after they were done with their outings playing in the PCL. It feels like that dark cloud over the hitter's haven will always be the PCL where they're playing. You know me, I had to cover a lot of guys at Greater Nevada Field where if you had an ERA under 10, you're doing amazing. Do you think that bad reputation has kind of died off? I feel like the transition from playing the PCL to the bigs, there's a lot more respect on it now. Well, there is. But, you know, I do think when you're a scout, I talk to scouts about this a lot, and they have to really temper expectations when you go to a place like Las Vegas ballpark in Summerlin or Albuquerque, El Paso, Salt Lake, Reno. I mean, a lot of those hitter-friendly ballparks, there are going to be baseballs that are hit that are, look like pop-ups to right field to get out of the ballpark. Yeah. So I think as scouts, they have to understand. And 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 you look, you look at ERAs, I think you're right. You know, you see a guy with a five and a half or, you know, a six ERA and all of a sudden it's like, wow, he's actually, he's dealing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could have those blow up games where you, you know, the, the starting pitcher, because your bullpen has to wear it a little bit. So he allows 11 earned runs in two innings, right? So it's, ERAs can be skewed. It doesn't really, it's not a full indication of how the guy's pitching. So that's yeah. why you have the reports and you can look at numbers. Yes. But I think you're right. They, they can be a little misleading in the, in the, uh, in the PCL with pitchers and with hitters, but I think they just look at, they look at all that when you consider a guy, but I, there is, I, I agree with you. There is respect for that league. And I'll tell you, if you can pitch in that league, if you can come out with a three and a half or a four in that league, you're obviously dominating the league. Yeah. It's, it was always kind of funny to talk to a batter after an outing, they go three for four with two jacks. And then you have to go across the diamond and talk to the pitcher who gave up those two jacks. And yeah. Especially at Nevada, um, in Nevada, it was it was very interesting. Yeah, um, I will say this, Jess. Oh, yeah. I remember talking to Seth Etherton, who was a pitcher uh, with with uh, with Sacramento, and then he went to Reno. And I talked to him. I go, "How you doing, man?" He had like a seven, and I said, "How are you doing?" He goes, "Honestly, I am dealing right now. I'm I'm dealing. I'm on fire." He goes, "But what are you going to do there? I've had these outings where I've allowed ten runs, but yeah." 
allowed a bunch of home runs, but he said, I'm really pitching well. Yeah. So just, the pitchers understand that. And they understand that the numbers are a little skewed, you know, as a, as a bullpen guy, too, he was a starter, but as a bullpen guy, you have an eight, it takes a long time to get that ERA down into the fives, you know, yeah. ECL ERAs, uh, they're tough. It's, it's really, it's difficult. Yeah. Even the dogs here can tell yeah. it's oh, tough. They, know. <laughs> they, they, they definitely know. know. Johnny D. Thank you so much for your All right, Jess, Thank you. That was Johnny D. I know you guys are going to love him as much as we do. Stay tuned. And we have a good silver lining that I took from the latest A's road series. Ace fans need Friday night plans? Well, we got you covered. Get four tickets and parking for any Friday night game starting at just $49 with the Friday four-pack presented by Chevrolet. Save big and enjoy great matchups, post-game fireworks and drone shows, giveaways, and more this 2023 season. And he drills one to right, way back and no doubt, and that quickly the A's have taken the lead, second deck. Friday night tickets are available at athletics.com slash value. That's athletics.com slash value. Spring is here and summer is right around the corner, which means two things, golf and special events. Hi, Vince Catronio for Cinnabar Hills Golf Club in San Jose. First, enjoy the best of Bay Area golf with 27 holes of championship caliber play. Then you'll agree it's the best place to play in Silicon Valley. And two, with its award-winning venue, let Cinnabar Hills cater your upcoming special occasion, including weddings. Enjoy all that Cinnabar Hills has to offer, great golf, food, and incredible views of the Bay Area. Learn more at CinnabarHills.com. That's CinnabarHills.com. Back from our coffee break. Oh my God, that is the best coffee I've ever tasted. It's time for more extra base hit on A's Cast. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. All right, welcome back to Extra Base Hit. Jessica Kleinschmidt here with Ray Ray behind the scenes doing all the dirty work. Love you, Ray Ray. Speaking of dirty work, we had some dirty work of trying to find some silver linings for these recent road trips. Didn't leave a lot to be desired, Ray, but. I will say I, I was very impressed with one guy, but we have to go over the negatives that took place. The, the team did lose a very tough series to a very hot Rays team. They're still undefeated. We will not take it away from him. I'm not going to take anything away from a schedule. doesn't matter who you're playing. Being undefeated is being undefeated. It is what it is. But I will say things were looking up during the Orioles series. And I was very impressed with what Jace Peterson was doing at the plate. In six games, he went eight for 23 with three RBI and five strikeouts. Good enough for a 348 average. I like this time of the season, Ray. Feels like some of the guys are starting to figure it out. I do appreciate a guy who hits for average. So it's a guy that I want people to pay attention to. And he was kind of brought on to this team. I want to say between him and Diaz. They're trying to fill the void, fill the shoes of Chad Pender with the versatility coming off the bench, the veteranism. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. And I feel like a guy like that is so imperative, not just to the A's, to even out some of those young guys, but his consistency is showing. Yeah, absolutely. He was brought in for some veteran presence in the infield. Not that the A's didn't have some already, of course, with Tony Kemp, but someone needs to help. Nick, guys like Nick Allen get more acquainted with their positions. Tony Kemp can only be any place at once. He can't be two places at once of all these different young guys that we're bringing in this season. So Tony, Jace, and Edmus Diaz as well, I think, are big pieces in the infield to try to get these guys comfortable. And I agree with you, Jess. I think we're starting to see that comfort level rise at the plate and in the field. Jace did a lot of good things during the first homestand of the season. I really like at the plate what Shea Langoliers is doing. He had that monster home run a couple nights ago against the Orioles. He's finally starting to come along, and I think he's a big piece of the future. 
I agree. And I was kind of, we were asking him about Fuji and we were talking about how Shay was obviously catching a lot of not only Fuji's bullpens, but some of his spring outings. And he said, you know, that's not the Fuji that we're used to after Fuji had some of his crumble moments. And I was saying, I was looking at Shay, what about you? I feel like you're not being the Shay that we're used to. And I feel as a catcher, it's so hard for somebody that has to take on that much maturity and the workload. And you either want to be a good game caller or you want to hit bombs, which at the catcher, if you're not hitting a bunch of bombs, nobody's going to think about it. It's like, as long as these pitchers are happy and Shay, you know, I have to remind myself, he's still very young, but he's got that power, made some adjustments in between his time at Baylor into the draft. Love what he's doing. And I think we're finally seeing Shay Bangliers, which he told me he approves of the nickname. So something that I, I'm glad you wanted to talk about because I think it's very important. With these pitch clocks being implemented, the game's going to move along faster. We've seen that already, right? I'm getting out of the, of the Coliseum before 10 o'clock sometimes. It's amazing. Not like I go party or anything, Ray. I just want to go to bed and I get more time for that. So with that being said, we didn't think about the fact that what about beer prices? Because the seventh inning during a three and a half hour game is not the seventh inning during a two hour and 45 minute game. So from for there are four teams, including the Diamondbacks, Rangers, Twins and Brewers that are allowing fans to purchase booze up until the eighth inning. It used to be the seventh inning. So what are your thoughts on some of these this new extension? Because they get to drink alcohol later on. I mean, guess kind of later on. I don't know. It's only as late as you want to make it, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think That's it's a good thing. <laughs> right. See, I think it's a good thing because it, it helps with the naysayers. Like, I, I agree and relate so much with Townie in the postgame show. He has to deal with all these people calling in, going, oh, the pitch clock is ruining baseball. This is terrible. And Townie's like, what are you talking about? These games are shorter. This is great. It's more action. And then one of those hangups that they have is, oh, all the beer sales are going to be cut off shorter. Not so fast. Now that <laughs> argument has gone out the window since multiple teams have already gotcha. extended that to the eighth inning, and more teams plan on doing that in the future. And I'm about enjoying some adult beverages responsibly during the game. It's, it's what helps any sport become memorable or unmemorable, depending how much you indulge yourself. <laughs> and we love us some post-game calls. If we know they've been down a couple of cocktails or two, because it just makes you get that liquid courage to actually call in during the post-game, we embrace it. I love a drunk post-game call. Like, I need that all day. And now there's no excuse. So <laughs> we either, I'm really we, excited about that. Um, this and, program does and, not endorse the it, consumption of alcohol before calling into the post-game. Yeah. And the Brewers, the Brewers president or somebody in the front office of the Brewers said, if things get out of control, they're going to take a step back. But I'm also very much not surprised that the Brewers are one of the teams to make sure that they extend alcohol times. I would not want to ever go to a Milwaukee Brewers game without at least two beers in my hands. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. And it's like beer batter is strong in that area. Having spent some time in Wisconsin, you do not get between a Wisconsinite and their alcohol of choice. That is a yeah, recipe for disaster. Never. I love my life too much. I have a family to take care of. For sure. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to talk about stuff beyond baseball. And we're going to do a check-in with Ray to see if he has a new quarterback. So stay tuned. If you're looking for a new mattress, Nest Bedding has you covered. Sleep on the same mattress Hall of Famer Ricky Henderson sleeps on. Nest Bedding is the number one brand of online mattresses and the Bay Area's favorite mattress store. Take home the Easy Breather Pillow. The New York Times calls it their number one pick. You can navigate their easy-to-use website, nestbedding.com. That's Nest Bedding. 
nestbedding.com. Green and Gold fans, use the coupon code Oakland and you get 10% off your entire order. Nest Bedding, love where you sleep. This is Chris Townsend, and if you're looking for a great place to eat and watch games, go see my friends at the Chicken Pie Shop at Walnut Creek. The Chicken Pie Shop is one of the hottest restaurants in Walnut Creek. You're not going to find a better menu, and come try their world-famous chicken pie that has been served in Southern California for 86 years. Spacious indoor and outdoor dining, perfect for your next private party or corporate event. Don't forget free parking. For more information, go to chickenpieshopwc.com. That's chickenpieshopwc.com. You're listening to Extra Base Hit on A's Cast. Yes, it's coffee time. Coffee, 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 coffee. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. All right, welcome back to Extra Base Hit. I promised you I would do a little bit of a welfare check on Ray Ray. Since the last time we recorded this, I thought you would have a quarterback on your New York Jets. And someone who's been following this timeline and kind of reporting on it, you don't have a new quarterback. What's going on? Where is Aaron Rodgers? I have no idea where Aaron Rodgers is. And frankly, unless he's in Florham Park, I don't rightly care. Like, just get here. Like, we know the asking price now. Reports have come out that the Packers are looking for a second-round pick for this year's draft and a guaranteed first-round pick in 2024. I'm okay with that asking price as a fan. I'd rather not give up the first here in this season. We can give up that second. Joe Douglas likes to hoard draft picks like anybody's business. He's just sitting on it like a mountain of gold. So go ahead. Send that second round pick this year. Give him the first and let's just get it done. Okay. With that said, explain this to me like I'm five. Okay. I, I'm i not a diehard football fan of a team. So I would assume if I'm a front office guy or girl, or I'm also just a casual fan, these draft picks that's worth a lot. And if I can give an example. When the Astros were busted for electronic sign stealing, they had to give up two draft picks as part of their punishment. They has also had to give up a lot of money. They had to give up suspensions and, you know, there was firings. I feel like the draft picks were the worst part of the decision. The discipline is the word. So if you are not a hardcore Jets fan, is that a decent price or... Is it too much? I think it's a decent price, especially with the success the Jets have had in the draft to begin with. Heading to this point, you have Sauce Gardner, you have Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson. You've hit so many pluses in the past drafts, thanks to the scouting and, and Joe Douglas's team and Robert Sala as well. I think you can afford to gamble a little bit, considering the Jets have a complete team. They have a top-five defense. Their offense is young and has talent. They just don't have that consistency at quarterback to really show it. Zach Wilson just has not been able to evolve into that guy. Aaron Rodgers already is that guy. So just put a known quantity behind center, and I think the Jets have a good chance of anybody to win the AFC East and beyond. I'm right there with you. He's, he's such a pro. Like, you can pretty much just copy and, you know, cut, cut him and paste him, and he's ready to go. I feel like if you are if you played for the Packers, you know an aggressive offense, so you know what the offensive capabilities are of the Kyle Shanahan's of the world. So you're going to be able to handle anything and it's not I, and I don't know the rules of being able to talk to him about what he what to expect in this upcoming offense if it's you know because he's still technically a member of the Packers and all of that but he'll be ready to go the moment he sets foot so I'm, I'm sending good vibes I hope this happens for you if we record in another week or two weeks or three weeks and you still don't have a quarterback we got it we're gonna have to figure something else out man because I don't know what else like it's just ridiculous at this point you named everything now I'm just, like, annoyed. Now I'm just, like, just, like, go do it. Right. And and now there's rumors that there's a third party potentially interested in Aaron Rodgers, someone 
in the Bay Area. Rumor swirling that the Niners may be interested in one Aaron Rodgers. Which the, the Niners are interested in everybody. Exactly. Ray. They were interested in like, Tom Brady, and he's retired. Like exactly. Come on. I know for a fact. I mean, they, they. I mean, they held on to Jimmy Garoppolo for how long? Mm-hmm. And I love Jimmy G. I think he's definitely underappreciated, and I know that because you have people like George Kittle fighting to the death to defend him, not just on the field, but I mean, in social media and in the media. But I just, it's just one of those things. So that could just be one of those situations where it's like I'm bored I'm gonna say I'm interested in Aaron Rodgers why not but I will say like I mentioned with Kyle Shanahan he'd be able to handle that offense which is very similar to what he's already dealing with so that that's an easy easy call there and we know how Lynch likes to work in the front office so we'll see what happens but I, I want more drama like not just like waiting it's the, like this if the 49ers are gonna go after him like I want sparkles I want I want craziness. Like, let's get, let's get to it. I'm going to slow things down because I don't know if you've noticed, I've been a hardcore golfer lately. I love golf. I'm good at golf, but I'm getting more involved in what's going on in the sport. Um, are you a golf person, Ray? Not really. I mean, okay. I just recently purchased the latest Nintendo sports game and I take You're that golf there. very seriously. You're halfway there. Get, we'll, we'll have to go out for, for beers and we'll play golden tea. And I can promise you, you're going to be like, crazy about the game but i've i've recently become interested in what's going on on the greens john rom was crowned the 2023 masters champ this weekend beating out brooks kepka which whatever right but no there's some drama with live golf and the pga tour and kepka was allowed to play in the masters because it's not a pga event and we were seeing the kepka that people kind of fell in love with back in the day where he was like this new fun guy i wouldn't really say fun he was different but he was definitely putting himself out there and he was he was going for it. So it was cool to see that um, toward the end. Plus, John Rahm is definitely my guy because in the midst of his outing or his rounds, I can't say outings, in the midst of his rounds, he was eating a sandwich while he was just walking the greens, which to me means, yes, you have to put food in front of everything. But it was a really weird tournament, Ray. There was weather delays. Tiger Woods opted out. He withdrew. An actual tree fell on a sea of patrons. I mean, luckily nobody was hurt, but that was like it pulled out of the ground. I'm not talking a little little tree. I'm talking about a tree. So everybody at Augusta had to watch out for that. And then we had an amateur in Sam Bennett who was dominating the greens. And just a guy who found his way to the Masters, had a really good first couple of days. He didn't do well toward the end, obviously, but it was really fun to see. If you guys can look up his story He lost his dad to Alzheimer's and his dad gave him a message and he turned that message into a tattoo that he looks at on his left forearm to help him compete. And that, you know, struck a chord with me. But John Rahm, when you win the Masters, Ray, you get to put up a menu for the following year's champion's dinner. And this, you know, of course, Tiger Woods has done it before, Dustin Johnson. And you get to devise this menu that kind of talks about who you are as a person and your heritage. John Rahm's from Spain, so he already has the appetizer set up, and it's like a Spanish ham. And since he is a Spaniard, he has the wine already picked out. That's all I give a crap about is this champion's dinner. Um, They have it the Tuesday before the masters. So after practice, they'll go to it. It's my personal favorite part. Scotty Shuffler just had one. He had cheeseburger sliders, chocolate chip cookies, stuff that you and I actually like. Not sure if it gets too advanced for me and there's like the small forks, like don't invite me. So that's cool. Now I'll get to wear their green jackets. It's something that I geek out about. And of course it's food. So, you know, your girl loves some food. 
What would, what, if you were throwing a fabulous dinner party, Ray, what would be the first thing you'd put on the menu? Oh, I'm not really one of <laughs> higher end food. No, I'm it's a cheap okay. Like I said, like the, uh, Ron, or who was it? Rob Gronkowski gave his own. He was like chicken wings, pizza, like, like you don't have to be fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. If, if I'm going to go the Gronk route, which I probably would, because why not? Definitely for a starter, mac and cheese. You can't go wrong with that. I'm going to have that as a starter and the entree, but yeah. you know, keep, keep, we'll keep it a little classier. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it as a starter. Yeah. Put it breadcrumbs on there. You're going to be classy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And then probably for the entree, I'd probably go with, you know, my, my wife makes a real mean champagne dressing chicken. Ooh. Okay. So I probably, I, I would, I would cook it myself and probably ruin it and she'd have to save the day, but we would make it work. And then for dessert, banana pudding. I love banana pudding. Oh my gosh. I so appreciate you, Ray. That's amazing. We're going to take a break, and then I have a cool little Cole Irvin story when we return. Let's cheers to the champions. Join us for the 50th anniversary of the 1973 World Series championship team with a pregame ceremony on Sunday, April 16th. Celebrate Gene Tennis, Vita Blue, Raleigh Fingers, and many more A's legends. The next pitch, deep to right field, and Tickets are available at athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. They got any uh, just coffee? Now back to Extra Base Hit on Ace Cast. Here's Jessica Kleinschmidt. Welcome back to Extra Base Hit. I, I don't want to make anybody cry, but I'm going to. My One of my best friends, and she's, she's on the pregame show, Melanie Newman for Masson. She does play-by-play. She's phenomenal. I got to introduce her to one Mr. Cole Irvin, who, of course, is now on the Orioles. He gets the start on Thursday against the A's. And I told her, I was like, you know, just introduce yourself. It's fine. So, you know, she dropped my name and she immediately understood where he was coming from or where I was coming from talking about him. I know we had him on the pregame show earlier and he was so thankful for everything that he did with the green and gold. And I know these transactions happen in the game and it's one of those things, but it was really cool to see that we got to watch a really cool version of Cole Irvin where he played with a chick on his shoulder during the time with the Phillies. And I asked if that was the case with the Orioles. And Melanie said she sees it happening soon. No different if you're traded from a team like the A's, you're probably still going to continue with that chip on your shoulder. But the good news is he still has the mentality where he's going to bring donuts in during day games. That'll never leave him. So I just wanted to give a shout out to him because he's always been so nice. And it make me feel like an idiot during my question sessions and i don't want to i know there's no such thing as stupid questions but i have to follow up because sometimes i don't understand things ray and cole Irvin doesn't make me feel silly you know who else doesn't make me feel silly adam aller who also gets the start against cole Irvin. he always makes me feel like that's a really good question even if it wasn't i appreciate those people those people deserve 
to have their beer extended through eight innings, if you know what I mean. No, they're the people you want to have on like a game of family feud where they where you have give a really stupid answer to the question Steve uh, Steve Harvey gives you, and they're like, "Good answer, good answer." No matter what, it could be ridiculous. <laughs> they're right there supporting you. And then you see Steve Harvey's face, and he's like, "Oh gosh." You say what? Yeah. Yeah. Are you a king, a Sacramento Kings guy, Ray? I'm starting to. I'm really nervous about my New York Knicks against the Cavaliers, so I might have to hop on the Kings hype train. Light the beam. And you gave me this note, which like blows my mind. I did a little Kings coverage back then. This is right when De'Aaron Fox got drafted, right when they got, he came on the scene. He had his long hair really, you know, dug into it. Um, and you you sent me this, this, it just blows my mind. Per ESPN, it's the first time all California NBA teams have made the playoffs since sharing statehood. And people and and you know why that shocked me is I was one of those people who forgot that this, the Kings were a thing and I covered the Kings like that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's been 16 years since they've been on a playoff game on ABC. Like it's it's been a while since Sacramento's had a team this good, and yeah. against the Golden State Warriors to open the playoffs. Really, and and you know it's it's very much uh, a team we can all relate to. It's. A, they don't like saying they're from the Bay Area, and I know that, and I respect that. And Logan Webb made sure to tell a lot of people that, you know, Rockland isn't the Bay Area, but that's a whole another conversation we don't need to get into. And it's just like a, a small market team getting it done. The magic is there. The underdog story that everybody loves. And like Lizzo says, it's about damn time. It really is. And this team, they've been building this team for a while. So many draft picks that have fallen through, and they finally got some stuff to click. This team has chemistry, and it's going to be interesting to go against the Warriors and an established team, obviously, a franchise that's been in the playoffs like it's nothing. Steve Kerr is one of the best, and of course, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. You know the drill, Warriors fans. But I, I wouldn't take the Kings lightly. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely going to be that team that even if they don't make it all the way, they're going to make things interesting. You have to wonder about some of these younger teams. There's there's always the good regular season teams, and sometimes they just figure it out. Like the Phillies last year, not saying they were a bad team, but they were super. They were definitely hot at the right time. I don't think that's the case with the Kings. I think they made they maintain themselves throughout the season. It's all about how you perform in the playoffs. It's do you have the right amount of veteran presence? Do you, can you handle the pressure? And I think they have enough guys on the team, not just veteran status, but they've dealt with enough adversity where they're, they know they deserve to be there. And I'm excited for them. I feel like it's, it's good for the the city of Sacramento. It's the most expensive first round playoff game in the NBA on record. Oh my goodness. Like, it's, it costs a lot of money to just go to these dang things. Yeah, it's a, it's a hot ticket right now. It's Last I checked, I think it was on Monday, like, the f- opening price just to get in. The get-in price was, like, over $400 easily. Oh, my goodness. At Golden State, $222. At Sacramento, $427. That, like, what? Yeah. That's crazy. I, I would assume parking's probably better in, in Sacramento. There's at least that. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's a plus they have on there. On their side. That's that's honestly all I care about. I'm that person. Like I don't care where we're going, but is there? What's the parking sitch? Yes, absolutely. I'll even pay. I'll pay seventy five dollars for parking as long as I know I have a, a spot. Yeah, for sure. I remember when Cody and I will, will Commander and I will hang out outside of games, and he's like, "Oh, come over to my place. Great, do you have parking?" Like I, did. <laughs> and then he'll tell me to take Bart, and I'll just laugh. Like no, yeah, no. There is actually pretty decent parking at his place. Yeah. I will give him that. Thank you guys so much for stopping by on Extra Base Hit. We will see you out at the ballpark. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.